Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. can be a fearful place. And today, it got a little bit more fearful. With Russia, of course, as you know, invading the Ukraine, as many suspected they would. NATO is scrambling. They say they're on high alert. Now, what does that mean? They said that they're they're, on high, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to intervene. That's what it means. They're just going to protect the borders of NATO alliance countries in Europe. They're not going to intervene. The only nation in the world that perhaps would intervene would be us. And I'm going to say what I said yesterday. This one isn't our fight. This is, this is a European issue. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you'd like to weigh in on events of the day, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. And there are countries across the old Soviet bloc, including the Baltic nations, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, they're worried as to whether this is a precursor to what's going to happen to them next. One of the headlines that garnered a lot of attention today compared the invasion of Ukraine to Hitler's going into Poland, which, of course, was the beginning of World War II. Some are actually speculating, wondering if this gets out of hand, whether This could be the opening salvo in World War III. So many unanswered questions. One question, probably on the mind of some people in the Ukraine, is wondering if the money they spent on the Bidens got them anything. Just asking. And of course... Most of the Ukrainian people were never involved with the kind of shenanigans that went on between Biden and the energy companies over there, Hunter Biden, that is. They're decent, hardworking people that are asking for the world's prayers right now. We've seen images coming out of the Ukraine of civilians that are dead and people mourning over their loved ones. This was a multi-pronged attack 
by Russia, well-planned. And quite naturally, in American news outlets, conservatives are the enemy, as they always are. I saw a WAPO a story out of the Washington Post, WAPO for short, that, um, you know, conservatives, attacking conservatives in the media. Well, some of them were, were, didn't predict this. Some of them said this was not going to happen. And now they're blaming Joe Biden because, of course, conservatives are the enemy all the time. There's a story in the uh, Daily Mail today about a White House deputy press secretary who was used this occasion. His name is Andrew Bates, who used this occasion to try to link President, former President Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. White House Deputy Press Secretary Andrew Bates hammered former President Donald Trump for heaping praise for days on Russian and President Vladimir Putin, two nauseating, fearful pigs who hate what America stands for and whose every action is driven by their own weakness and insecurity, rubbing their snouts together and celebrating as innocent people lose their lives. He tweeted, from his official government account. Now, what President Trump said that upset everybody was that the Russian leader was pretty smart. Pretty smart because he was out maneuvering Joe Biden at every step and making Joe Biden look weak. But the rest of the world saw that. We saw Joe Biden almost begging him, Oh, can we talk? Can we talk? Oh, I'll have a summit for you if only you don't if only you don't invade Ukraine. And the Russians came back a few minutes later and said, I said we, don't, we don't want to talk to you. We're not talk. Who cares whether you want to talk to us? And I guess to put the final exclamation point on that, they invaded Ukraine. And now Biden's up, well, we're not talking to them. Well, you were begging to talk to them a few days ago. And... Of course, of course, Joe Biden is out today sounding tough. He's vowing that Putin is going to pay for the European, uh, for the Ukraine invasion. I said European invasion. Well, that may not be far off. President Biden said today that the United States of America is going to impose crushing sanctions on Russia. And he blamed Putin for waging a brutal assault on the people of Ukraine. Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war. And now he and his country will bear the consequences. Says Joe Biden. What consequences, Joe? What do you got? What do you got that's going to hurt the Russians, Joe? Because they're all anxious to see it, and so are we. What are you going to do, Joe? We're going to put sanctions on some of them. We're going to stop them from engaging in certain economic activities. What are we going to do? If you think that's going to put Putin in a position where he's going to turn tail and skedaddle out of the Ukraine, you're wrong. And you're talking out of both sides of your mouth because then you told the report of Joe Biden that you knew sanctions weren't going to stop him from going in. 
Well, if sanctions aren't going to stop him from going in, how are sanctions going to get him out? I mean, these, this administration does talk out of both sides of their mouth. He's going to, we're going to sanction Russian banks. Woohoo. We're going to impose export controls on Russia. Woohoo. Can't you see them shaking in their boots? And then there's John Kerry. John Kerry has once again demonstrated why many people view him as a complete and utter imbecile. I'm not calling him that, by the way. I'm saying he's demonstrated why some people view him in that light. He urged on the day that, that, that Russia invades Ukraine, the White House's international climate envoy who flies around the world on these private planes that just demonstrate the selfishness, according to the left, of people not caring about the carbon footprint. John Kerry is urging Russia not to lose sight of the bigger need, bigger than this, the bigger need to combat climate change while they are invading Ukraine, killing innocent people, bombing targets in many cities and areas across Ukraine, John Kerry is urging them to not lose sight of the bigger the bigger need, the more important need than all of this to combat climate change. And you wonder... What would have happened to America if this man had been elected? China was seemingly surprised. They didn't expect the Ukraine incursion. And they were put a little bit on the defensive. They're, they're of course, blaming the United States for provoking Moscow, like, like, like China, like Vladimir Putin needed provocation to do what he's been planning to do all along. And China now is adamantly saying, oh, oh we, we, we're not backing, the, we didn't back these Russian attacks. Well, for the last months, they've been parading around the world with Putin and as to, to show the close alliance between China and Russia. And all of a sudden, they're trying to walk that back a little bit. Nobody's buying China. Now, as I said earlier, NATO, whose chief, NATO Secretary General Jens Stolenberg, 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 says that Russia has shattered the peace on the European continent. NATO is going to hold the big uh, summit tomorrow. And he said of the invasion, Russia has attacked Ukraine. This is a brutal act of war. Our thoughts are with the brave people of Ukraine. Our thoughts are with you, but our planes aren't with you. Our, our boats aren't with you. Our ships aren't with you. Our guns aren't with you. Our troops aren't with you. Nobody's with you. You're with yourself. 
but our thoughts are with you too. This goes back, my friends, to NATO, to President Trump. For decade after decade, NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Alliance, and does anyone, aside from those people in the older generations, I wonder if any of the millennial generation even knows why NATO came into existence and what it's supposed to do. Well, after World War II, for the millennials out here, and World War II was the big one. And if you don't know about World War II, Google it. After World War II, during the opening days of the Cold War, after Winston Churchill so bravely and succinctly and correctly said that an iron curtain fell over Eastern Europe, it was thought that the United States and the European nations, that the Western European nations, needed to have a defense against communist Russia to stop their aggression. After all, World War II had unleashed something that the world hadn't seen before then, and that was nuclear weapons. And already tensions were building between the United States and the Soviet Union, which was seeking its own nuclear supremacy, which they never got, by the way. And so NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, was formed. It was one of those, you know, musketeer deals, all for one and one for all. Except the United States was the one that actually contributed to it fully, financially, and very soon, as soon as they could, the nations of Europe, which had been ravaged by the Nazis, went back to, oh, let's be, good, let's be good socialists. Let's spend the money on socialism. Let's spend the money on welfare. Never mind defending ourselves. And they didn't invest in NATO. They weren't paying their dues until a certain president raised hell with them, and that would be Donald Trump. NATO today is stronger than it was, but even now they're sitting on the sidelines. And NATO is not prepared to take on the Soviet, well, I'm sorry, I started to call them the Soviet Union, because that's what Putin really wants. He wants the Soviet Union back. Anyway, got to take a break here. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Your calls are indeed welcome. And again... I urge those of you, we have a lot of Ukrainian Americans here in this country. And the Ukraine, members in the Ukraine have suffered so much under Stalin, under the Russians, the Soviet Empire, and now this. And so those of you inclined to pray for the Ukrainian people, we urge that too. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Sternly, back right after this. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Whoa! 
Edward Starr brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, war. Well, that's where we find ourselves today, ladies and gentlemen. Russia, of course, invading the Ukraine. And guess who has popped his head up and raised his hand? None other than former presidential candidate on the GOP side, Mitt Romney who used the occasion to slam Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden. Mitt saying he's the smartest guy in the room because back then when he was running against Obama and Obama beat him handily, beat his socks off, beat his mittens off, he did say that Russia was our number one threat. And that's, of course, a debate that Candy Crowley inserted herself trying to debate Romney along with Obama. But Romney, Senator Romney says today that Putin's Ukraine invasion is the first time in 80 years that a great power has moved to conquer a sovereign nation. It is without justification, without provocation, and without honor. He also says that Putin's Impunity predictably follows our, the United States, tepid response to his previous horrors in Georgia and Crimea. Our naive efforts, that was an attack, by the way, on Obama. No, that was, that was, yeah, that was an attack on Obama. Our naive efforts at a one-sided reset, that was Obama and Clinton. And the short-sightedness of America first, which is his little swipe at Donald Trump. Now, what the hell does America first have to do with this foreign policy, Mr. Romney? Putting America's interest first, not last, was the point of America first. There was nothing short-sighted about it. America's interest both in foreign and domestic policy, should be put above the interests of other nations. So I would love to hear Mr. Romney explain to somebody, he's just so mad at Donald Trump. Trump humiliated Romney. Romney will never get over it. And so every chance he gets, he's just like these liberals out here, every chance he gets, he's got Trump on the brain, and every chance he gets, he's going to try to say something that would kind of humiliate Donald Trump. But Donald Trump doesn't care, Mitt Romney. He humiliated you. You're done. The world will never look at you the same. And there are a lot of people who supported you, Mr. Romney, who today, if they knew what they knew now, would have never voted for you. Because you've turned out to be one of the biggest losers in the Democrat and the Republican Party slash Democrat Party, because that's what you act like most of the time, a Democrat. People are ashamed they even voted for you, Mitt. You, Liz Cheney, Kinziger, all of you establishment, holier-than-thou, know-it-all Republicans that the base can't stand because the base sees right through you. 
You couldn't run for dog catcher and win a national election. If there were a post for national dog catcher mitt, you couldn't win it unless, of course, every Democrat in the world came out and voted for you, which they wouldn't because they don't like you either. Oh, goodness. Now, Biden, Joe Biden says that the world will hold Russia accountable. President Putin's actions demand a firm response. That's why we're imposing full blocking sanctions on VEB and Russia's military bank, cutting off Russia from Western financing. So what? They don't care. They'll get their financing from China, dolt. Imposing sanctions on elites and more. These sanctions are going to do absolutely nothing. They will work around them. Now, Christy Nome has an interesting piece today. She wrote a piece of Fox News saying that the Russian-Ukraine crisis is due to Biden's twin failures on energy and foreign policy. And both his failures on energy and foreign policy are what gave Putin the tools to invade. She says the current crisis can be told in the tale of two pipelines, Keystone and Nord Stream 2. This is an article worth reading. I won't go through the whole thing. I mentioned to you that NATO is going to activate their defense forces after the Russian invasion, and they're not going to do anything. They're activated, and they're going to do what? Hold exercises in NATO countries. They're not doing anything aside from that. They are not going to go and put NATO troops toe-to-toe against Putin. This is very reminiscent, if you want to know. This is Europe. Here you go again. This is exactly what happened when Adolf went into Poland under that phony pretext he used. And you guys in Europe had a treaty with Poland. And what did you do? You sat around. I mean, Adolf just kept going through country after country before everybody figured out, oh, my goodness, he's trying to take over Europe. And by the way, peace in our time, Neville Chamberlain, who kept Mickey Mousing over there with Hitler, you know, oh, he's reasonable. He'll come to his senses. Oh, I signed a deal with him yesterday that, that he wants peace. Europe, this is on you. If you don't protect the Ukraine and you find out later on that the Soviet Union has reconstituted and is at your back door, this is your fault. You in Europe had better be trying to figure out what you're going to do to stop Soviet aggression. And don't count on us this time. Not one American soldier should be asked to give his life when Europe won't defend itself. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Coming back, your call's coming up. Don't go away. Right back. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. 
WABC Talk Radio 77 New York. Remember, John Katz is up next. Now, that is Katz at Night. Keep it right here on WABC right after this show. We are going to go to the phones right now. Let us start, let us start with Mike and Yonkers. Mike, welcome WABC. James Golden, what's on your mind this afternoon? Firstly, James, thanks for taking my call. So earlier, uh, you, you know, you mentioned World War III. And then, and, and, then you, and then on the same breath, you said that it's kind of not our fight. And I, I agree with both of those points. But, you know, Xi and, and, and Putin got together for a little, a, a little lunch or something not all that long ago. I wonder, what did they discuss, and how is that going to affect all of this? Any ideas? Well, I did see a thread on uh, Twitter today, and you can, by the way, visit my Twitter account, at BoSnerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y. And here's the thread. It said pretty much, Russia gets Ukraine, China gets Taiwan, Iran gets nukes. And that's what people are predicting under the weak leadership of Joe Biden. Now, Anytime there is an incursion like this, there is always the chance that it could lead to something else. That's why I mentioned there are those speculating this might be the opening salvo in World War III. Of course, that's not, no one knows the future. No one has that. I mean, remember how World War I got started with the assassination of the Archduke, of, Archduke Ferdinand. And so it was, it was unexpected that it grew to be a major world conflict. World War II was a little bit more predictable because after World War I, the draconian conditions that were put on the German surrender in World War I threw Germany's economy into the tank and kept it in the tank. And that allowed Adolf Hitler to rise to power by scapegoating the Jews and scapegoating the, uh, the, and scapegoating <clears throat> the terms of surrender, which he promptly ignored. And he rearmed, which he was never supposed to do, and Europe did nothing, watching him rearm, which was against, by the way, the conditions of the surrender of World War I. So that was almost predictable. What wasn't predictable is that that war would also engulf the entire world almost. The World War I was fought, I believe, in almost 70 different theaters around the world. World War II, rather. 70 different theaters around the world. And so today you look at what's happening now and, okay, this is it. And, and you, you look at what Romney said because there is something to that. Look at what happened with Crimea. Look what happened uh, when, when we have seen Russian aggression already. Everyone just kind of says, oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Yeah, glad it's not us. And there has never been any doubt in my mind that Putin is, is, one of these guys in the Soviet Union that bemoaned the breakup of the old Soviet Union and wants to see it reconstituted. Now, will Europe just stand by and let them them do that? There's a possibility. They don't want to fight. They don't want to arm themselves properly. They have depended since the end of World War II on NATO, primarily the United States, to fight their wars for them while they engaged in these socialistic, ideological societies that reward people for not working, that actually are heavy into welfare state, what the Democrats are trying to do to this country. 
but they never invested in their own militaries the way that they should, and they never invested in trying to keep up with their NATO dues until Donald Trump put his foot down and said, we're going to leave NATO if you guys don't start paying some of your dues. And even now they're not caught up. Right now, understanding the threat to Eastern Europe and Western Europe, there should be a united front across the European continent to arm up and drive Vladimir Putin back to the Kremlin and drive his troops back to Russia without United States involvement. This is a threat to Europe. Europe is in trouble if Vladimir Putin decides, oh, we're not going to supply you with energy anymore. We're going to cut it off. This is a threat to Europe. To Europe's borders, the Eastern European bloc could again find itself under the control of Russia. And that is a direct threat to the rest of Europe. They need to stand up to the plate. Not us. The Europeans need to stand up to this challenge and take Vladimir Putin out militarily if they have to. Not us. Tom, Brooklyn, New York. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden with you. Good afternoon, Mr. Golden. Always a a pleasure and always informative. Uh, I'd like to say two things. First, I served uh, 16 years in the Army, and I want people to know that although no nukes were found in Iraq, there was enough sarin gas to kill over half a million people. Uh, To me, that's a weapon of mass destruction in itself. Mm -hmm. And um, during during the um, Boston Marathon, they called the pressure cooker a, a weapon of mass the pressure cooker bomb a weapon of mass destruction. So in Iraq, uh, this is so many people dismiss the war in Iraq over their politics, and I don't know. Keep in mind that they put bombs on the side of the road and they killed soldiers and civilians. And they those bombs were Iraq. made in Iran, and a lot of those bombs were made in Iran. Yes, they were. They're group. They're bad people. And they took a lot. They did a lot of bad things, especially the women. You know, and you're sick. Of, again, I'm a proud. I'm proud to have served and did my duty in Iraq, and that's the way I look at it. The second thing I'd like to say is the Ukraine situation is ridiculous. The president is incapable in the U.S. or NATO. What's going on is incompetence. Um, a private could defend the European uh, borders better than than what the what we're doing right now, which is practically well, it's not anything. our. But see, here's the thing. It's not our job to defend the European borders. It's their job. Hell, Joe Biden won't even defend our borders. He what? What we're supposed to go defend the Ukraine's borders and America's borders aren't defended? No, this is a job for Europe. Tom, I thank you so much for the call and thank you for your service. Thank you so much. And you were very clear and very right with your analysis of not only weapons of mass destruction that were in Iraq, but also the role of Iraq, and Iran. Thank you for the call. Let us go to Linda in Long Island. Welcome, Linda. Hi, James. Uh, You were really great yesterday. I couldn't get through. You're so busy. Um, I want to tell you, you said you wanted to connect the dots for the billionaire drug companies that uh, were, you know, (laughs) 
It's unbelievable. Um, I connected it to uh, Hunter Biden selling half a million dollar uh, paintings or whatever they, those things are. And they, he won't or no one will te- say who is buying that. But his little scratches, they're paying a, a half, a, half a million dollars. And now the Biden family has been getting money from all those countries. They are so interconnected, all of them, with the uh, pharmacies, I, the drug companies, I believe. But you were actually absolutely right. Could you keep, I hope you keep looking into it. Well, I it. will. And let me just thank you, Linda, so much for the call. Let me uh, quickly, before we have to go to a break, re- just remind people what the story was yesterday. Yesterday, the Daily Mail had an amazing story about Moderna and the fact that scientists have found in the COVID, in a portion of the COVID virus, they found a genetic marker that was patented by Moderna three years before COVID began. Now, this is not any uh, uh Tin foil hat stuff. I'm just telling you what was reported by by the Daily Mail and what they said scientists have discovered. They also said that there is a one in 300 trillion chance that that Moderna gene marker, whatever it was in the COVID disease, was naturally occurring. So there had to be some... This indicates that there might be some man-made component to all of this COVID business. Now, there is a story today. This story comes from the Daily Mail online as well. Moderna projects $19 billion in COVID vaccine sales alone in 2022. The CEO of, of uh, Moderna has had an earnings call, and they're saying that they expect earnings upwards of $19 billion just on the sale of the COVID vaccine alone. So those of you that are out connecting the dots, connect that dot too. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77 New York, back with more of your calls and more news right after this. WABC Traffic and Transit. So better news on the Garden State Parkway northbound approaching exit 140A. We do have an accident cleared, but the damage is done. We still have some residual delays going back to exit 136 Raritan Road. Taking a look in the five boroughs, eastbound BQE at McGinnis Humboldt Boulevard, exit 33. That accident still sits in the left lane and traffic is backed up to Cadman Plaza, exit 28A. Taking a look at the Hudson Valley, some stop-and-go traffic on 60, 684 northbound between Hardscrabble Road, exit 8, and exit and I-84, exit 9. On Long Island, we are clear now of that southern state accident eastbound between Merrick Road, exit 24, and exit 135. But traffic is still slow through there. And tra- transit is on a close alternate side is in effect. And I'm Jacqueline Carl with your traffic update on 77 WABC. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. All the notes bring us back. Sir, what? I have uh, an urgent message from Her Highness. What is this? Wait a minute. Okay, give it here. 
gentlemen, stop the music. We have a message from Her Majesty, Princess Di. Don't watch what they say, watch what they do. Here's how we know we're not getting the truth about this situation from anyone. And then the message goes to something that was posted on Twitter from Javier Blas, a Bloomberg reporter, who says, and this is confirmed, European utilities are set to buy tomorrow more Russian natural gas via Ukraine pipelines. Yes, you read that right. Europe will be buying more natural gas from Russia via Ukraine tomorrow. And he gives a link where the story can be found. Bloomberg reporter, Her Majesty, the Princess of Policy, Diana Mee, says, don't watch what they say, watch what they do. And this is telling as to what's going on in Europe and the European powers. And that is the end of the message from Princess Di. Thank you, Your Highness. Joyce in Rockland. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly with you. It's our first time I'm talking to you, Bo, and it's a pleasure. I am so upset with what they're doing, what Biden and his administration is doing to this country. We're not fools. He ought to put a sock in it. They ought, I wish they would overturn the election. I wish God in heaven could somehow do it. The thing is, I need to talk to you about two things. The second thing, I need your wonderful brain to help me out, because I don't have an iPhone or a smartphone. I'm talking on a cordless phone. The first thing is, Russia put sanctions on us, because that's why Biden stopped the Keystone Pipeline as soon as he got in office. He's compromised, either which way you look at it, by whomever. Even the previous uh, president of Ukraine, I don't know if they call himself the president, he was compromised by even Kazakhstan. But I don't want to get off the subject. Um, He gave Putin billions of dollars by doing that, not only hurting us Americans that he's supposed to be protecting, whom he's not. He gave Putin billions of dollars in order to carry this out because Putin's Russia's economy was in the tank. Well, let me just address this, Joyce. Let me jump in here. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it so very much. Listen, uh, there is no question that there has been the perception of compromise from the dealings that we still haven't got all the answers to of the Biden family and how that money flows through the Biden family through the Ukraine, Burisma. We don't know, in fact, the full story there. And it seems to me that our DOJ, which can find 800 people that were in a in a park on or, or surrounding the Capitol and some who entered the Capitol on January 6th, our DOJ all these years later can't seem to get to the bottom of Hunter Biden and what's on his laptop and where the money came from, from the Ukraine government. But there are many perceptions that the Biden administration is compromised. and But I also say this. The Biden administration, like most liberals, was fueled with hatred for Donald Trump. It's not just the Keystone Pipeline. It's anything that Trump did, they are trying their best to reverse. 
So I don't know whether that is a testament to them being uh, uh, compromised by Russia or not. That would take, to me, a lot more evidence to establish that as a fact. I it's, What a pleasure to speak with you, Joyce. Glad that you called. Let us turn to my dearest, dearest Gracie in Rockland County. Hello, Gracie. Hi, Bo. Yesterday's show was so on target. And what you just said now is so on point, too. They hate Trump so much, they are willing to destroy this country. Listen, we could be energy independent again very easily. We could sell to Europe, all right, so they won't be uh, stuck with getting it from Russia. And then we could see what we have to do about China. I can't believe with all the geniuses in this country, we can't solve this problem because I really don't want to go to war. Well, the United States should not have to go to war, as I said, Gracie. This is a European problem, and this problem needs to be settled by Europe. This is one, and I know people will call me an isolationist nationalist. I don't care what you call me. The reality is this. Europe refuses and has refused since the end of World War II to pay for their own defenses. It is time for people in Europe to step up to the plate. They do have enough money, as we are being alerted to, that they can still buy gas from Russia and still line Russia's pockets. So why can't they raise up an army across Europe, armies, along with NATO, to send Vladimir Putin packing back to Russia, back to the Kremlin in shame. It doesn't make sense. Let's go to Rob very quickly in Staten Island. I see we have a disagreement. I don't know what it's about. Rob, welcome. Yeah, hi, James. Um, I enjoy your show. Um, just two points. I think uh, Russia has two objectives. Um, they want to make sure that there are no missiles placed in uh Ukraine pointed at, at them. Plus, the second objective is um, they're concerned about the Russian-speaking uh, people in the Donbass. Uh, I think they're legitimately afraid that the uh, Ukrainian army, it's infested with the neo-Nazis. They're afraid that they, they might cross over and commit genocide in Donbass. Do you so believe that, I'm... really? Do you really believe that? I don't believe the second one in Don Bessel. Now, look, I will admit to you that I'm not an expert. And you know who I've reached out to? She may or may not be able to come on the program anytime soon. We're going to keep trying to get her. You know who one of the biggest experts on Russia is? That's Condoleezza Rice. So I've asked the crew to see whether we can get Condi any day, this week, next week, the week after, the week after. Whenever we can get Condi to talk about this would be amazing if she'll do it. Now, let me just go to your first point, though. And you raise an interesting point here, and this is a point that I have talked with about some of my friends, with some of my friends about this. One of the things that Vlad is saying is that, you know, if Ukraine joins NATO, it is a threat to Russian sovereignty. They're right on his border. And we cannot poo-poo that. Anyone that remembers the Cuban Missile Crisis remembers when Russia sent what were nuclear weapons to Cuba under the control of Fidel Castro, that was 90 miles away from us. Those missiles were going to be pointed at us. And John Kennedy, president of the United States, stood up 
And this was, of course, the six days. The six days, this has now been turned into a movie and movie treatments about what a hero Kennedy was in the Kennedy administration. But they pretty much forced Russia to back down because these missiles were within striking range of the mainland of the United States in our sphere of influence. So I don't completely disregard the argument that Putin is making that if Ukraine joined NATO, it would serve as a threat to his borders. I think that that might be a legitimate argument. But that's still no excuse for him because they're not in NATO. And NATO, as you can see, is just standing around. Well, we've rallied the troops. Well, what are you going to do with them? Well, nothing right now, but we're rallied. Okay, and NATO's just standing around, too afraid to actually commit to taking Putin down militarily. Because that's what Europe is, bluster, bluster talk, buy oil, buy more oil, buy more oil, buy more gas, buy more gas, put in more pipelines, put in more pipelines, talk bluster, talk bluster, talk crap, and hope the United States comes in to save our ass if we get into too much trouble. Well, this time, the United States better not rush in to save Europe. Europe, save yourself. This is your problem, not ours. Handle it. I hope that is the outcome of this. Ladies and gentlemen, we shall return tomorrow with another thrilling, jam-packed episode of James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly. And tomorrow, we are due to have the princess here herself. Princess die in the flesh. Well... Not in the flesh, but at least here with us. So, let us remind you as we do every day, we are Pennsylvania, we are Connecticut, we are New Jersey, but we are all one. We are New York, and we are New York strong. We are New York. We are the greatest city in the world. We have challenges, but we will overcome them. We are in the greatest nation humanity has ever, ever witnessed, or will witness, the United States of America. May God... Protect and bless each one of you and your families. We'll see you tomorrow right here on WABC. Remember, John Katz is up next. Keep it right here for Katz at Night. See you tomorrow. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.